Blog Talk Radio.
welcome to Prayer International Radio. This is our, what is today, Monday? Monday night broadcast, 4th of July weekend. Um, depending on what time zone you're in right now, there may or may not be a lot of explosions outside from the fireworks. Um, so um, that is if you're in the United States. If you're not in the United States, this is just a normal day. So praise be to God. Um so next two hours, prayer, worship, intercession, um, and we'll see what else the Holy Spirit does tonight. <sighs> Father God, Lord, we surrender the next two hours to you. As always, Father, we lay down all our desires, all our intentions, all our expectations, Father, and we take up yours. Father, we set our heart and our minds, Lord, to serve you tonight. Father, asking that you would reveal yourself to us, Father, that we could come to know you, Father, to enter into a place of intimacy with you tonight, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would reveal your word in our lives, Father. Make your word become living and alive in us. Father, give us revelation, Lord. Give us discernment and knowledge into your character, Father, into your personality, Father, into your heart, Lord, through your word. Father, we ask that you would increase our faith, Lord, in all areas, Father, not just for healings and miracles, Lord, but our faith in believing you, Father, and trusting you and growing to know you, Lord. Father, for anybody out there who's listening, Lord, whatever need they have, Father, I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, that you would meet them wherever their need is, Lord. Increase their faith and belief in you, Lord, and be glorified. Exalt the name of Jesus Christ in our midst tonight, Father. Holy Spirit, show us Jesus tonight. Thank you. So, um, where are we going to go tonight? Um... All right, call in number 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, please give us a call. Um, we have a chat room open at um, blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayer international. So um, what's interesting, I had a, sort of an idea where we're going tonight. Um, and you got it expounded a little bit. So we'll just see where all this heads into. Um, so... I'm going to start off in Mark, um, Mark chapter 1, verse 32. And it says, At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And I guess I'm going to stop there. Um, all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. Well, what's the difference? Um some were naturally sick and some were afflicted by demons. How do you know the difference? Um, discernment. And the Bible in Corinthians speaks that there is a gift of discernment. And discernment, you know, it's a very amazing man of God named Eddie Stingley once told me that the gift of discernment is not the gift of guessing, it's the gift of knowing. Um, that there is gifts of knowledge. 
that come from the Lord and gifts of discernment where you're not guessing, you're not just trying to figure things out. The Holy Spirit just speaks into your spirit and you know the difference. And Jesus didn't have any problem knowing the difference between someone who was just sick um, for a natural reason and then knowing whether it was a demonic entity that was afflicting them. And actually, most of the times when there was a demonic entity, the, the demons would cry out just when Jesus even came near him because they knew who he was. Anyway, um, verse 33. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. That's actually impressive because nowadays we can't even get a couple churches to get together, but Jesus is there and an entire city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. Um... I'm going to dissect pretty much most of the scripture tonight, so please um, bear with me. Um, You know, that whole scripture right there in verse 35, um, in the morning, having risen a very long time before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And it says, And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. You know, Jesus, like... Um, was out doing the work of the Father, um, encountering people, um, seeing miracles happen, um, being the miracle, um, preaching the Word of God. And still, he understood that with all his busy schedule from sunrise to sunset, there was masses of people who were following him um, so much that, I mean, could barely move. And but he realized that he needed to get away to seek the face of the Father. And so he would get up really early before anybody else because his relationship with God was more important than his sleep. His hearing the voice of the Father was more important than anything else because if he didn't have that, if he didn't spend that time with the Father, then he wouldn't get the fresh insight. He wouldn't get the words of the Father. He wouldn't get the heart of the Father. And it says, And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. Wouldn't it be great when our friends and our families were trying to figure out where where they found us with God? In verse 37 it says, And when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, Let us go into the next towns, because that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all of Galilee and casting out demons. Now, there's an interesting order here. Um, Preaching in the synagogues throughout all of Galilee and casting out demons. And he said, we must go into the next town. Because for this purpose I have come forth And you know sometimes we Get confused it seems Between seeking the miracles That come from the Father And seeking the word of God That comes from the Father And sometimes it seems we put more of an emphasis On seeing the miraculous 
than just receiving the word. But the preaching of the gospel always comes before healings or signs or wonders or anything else. Um, and you'll see in the next couple of scriptures what that means. And now a leper came to him, imploring him, begging, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him, and said to him, I am willing be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, See that you do nothing, you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. And it says immediately he entered Capernaum, and after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. You know, Jesus had um, performed so many miracles that came to a point that people were seeking him out, not necessarily just to hear his words, but because of the signs and because of the wonders. And, you know, there's a verse in Scripture, um, John 26, he said, um, um, and this was after the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and Jesus said, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me not because you saw the miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Um, because, you know, in the end, though people will seek the signs, it's not the signs that fill them up. It's not the signs that satisfy them. You can see in countless miracles, but they'll never quite fill you because they're never meant to fill you. They're meant to be and um the fruit of the of something else, which is the word of God, which is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the word, the miracles, everything always shows us Jesus Christ. It always shows us the character of the Father. And it always shows us the compassion of the Lord and the person of God the Father. You know Jesus says Jesus Christ was the express image of the glory of God. And the express image of Jesus was his compassion. That's why it says, and they will know us by our love. Then it says, um, and you know, let me stop for a second. Um, while I go off on a little tangent here. So, you know, um, a lot of times in our walks with the Father, um, those of us in ministry and then those of us who aren't in ministry, it seems we seek the Father out um, when we need something, when we want something. Um, when there's something to be had, when there's something to be seen. Um, you know, the Pharisees and the scribes would come to Jesus and they would say, show us um, a sign or show us something. 
And he said, you know what, even if someone were to be raised from the dead, it wouldn't do any good. You still wouldn't believe. Because the science don't promote the belief. It's the goodness of the Father. Um, the signs are merely, merely a um, a vessel for his glory to be seen. They're merely the expression of his glory. If you have the relationship, if you have the knowledge of the Word of God, if you're preaching the Word of God, the miracles just follow. You don't even have to try to worry about them. You don't have to necessarily think about them. They just happen. Um, you know, the Bible says, doesn't say that faith comes by seeing miracles. And it's true. Um, you know, there's been times in my life I've actually been under where there are miracles and I was still doubting. Because faith doesn't come by seeing miracles. It says, in James, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It's through hearing the Word and receiving the Word that your faith is built up. And once your faith is built up, the miracles and the signs and the wonders and all the other things just follow afterwards. And it says, um, disciples went out preaching the gospel, and the Holy Spirit was confirming the word with signs and wonders. Um, and so sometimes our focus is a little bit skewed, and our focus is on wanting to see God move, but not necessarily wanting to see God. And that may sound a little bit harsh, but it's true. Um, a lot of times we're more concerned praying and interceding um, for God to show himself, for him to reveal himself, for him to do something that would convince everybody that he's real. I mean, we know he's real, but most of the world doesn't believe, doesn't care to believe. And we think that if they see amazing signs and wonders, that all of a sudden all their minds are going to change and they're going to be like, okay, we admit it. He's the, he's the Lord. Um, but it's not about the signs and wonders. It says in the in the end, it says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um, so every knee will bow sooner or later, whether it's now or whether it's in eternity. You know, it's interesting with the Apostle Paul um, on the road to Damascus when his name was still called Saul. Um, he was out going about his life. Um, he had heard things, and um, but he's going out persecuting Christians, and all of a sudden the Lord Jesus Christ showed up in his life. And the Father interceded at that moment, and this bright light shone about him. Everybody's on their horses, knocked to the ground from the presence of God, um, which is natural because when you get in the presence of God, sometimes it's hard to stand. And um, Paul said something. He said, who are you? And Jesus said, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. And Paul's next words weren't, well, show me something, prove it. Show me some great sign and wonder. Because when he had the knowledge of who the Lord was, that was sufficient. And his very next response, and the only response that he could muster, was, what do you want me to do? When you come into contact with the Lord, when you see him face to face, 
when you align your heart to his and choose to have your heart seek after him. You don't want anything. You're content for everything because you have him. He's your exceedingly great reward. And the only other thing that can come after it is, Lord, what do you want me to do? What's next? What's your will? What's your desire? What's your purpose? Let me do that. Let me please you. Let me serve you. Let me worship you. Because I know who you are. Anyway, verse 3 of chapter 2, it says, Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. You know, some of us need to be like these four men. Because there was an obstacle that prevented them from getting to the Lord. And it wasn't even for themselves. It wasn't for their own needs. It was for their friend. Um, and they realized, like the woman with the issue of blood, who pressed into the crowd, who pressed through the crowd to get to Jesus, because she said, if I just can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Just like the blind men who were standing by, standing on the, on the side of the street, crying out, Jesus, Jesus. Disciples are saying, quiet, quiet. And they're crying out all the Lord, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on us. Because they knew if they kept pressing in and pressing through, Paul said, I have laid everything aside that may I may, for the excellence of the knowledge of the Lord. He said, forgetting that which is behind and pressing forward to that which is ahead. And, you know, sometimes in our prayers, whether it's for us or whether it's for our friends and our families and our nations, sometimes we've got to press through. Sometimes we've got to rip the roof off. We've got to tear the barriers apart. We've got to remove anything that would separate us from our relationship with him. Because once we get to him, everything else is just natural. Everything else is just a natural progression. Everything else is a fruit. Once we become part of the vine, the fruit that comes from the branches just happens. And so they pressed through and lowered their friend down. And when Jesus saw their faith, you know, he didn't look at the paralytic and say, you know what? You convinced your friends to get you down here. You have such amazing faith. You believe so much. Be healed. It says that he saw his friend's faith. Jesus saw their faith. What they were willing to do. That they were pressing through. That they were breaking through. That they were interceding. And he looked down at the paralytic and said, son... Your sins are forgiving you. And Jesus is teaching a valuable lesson. You know, sometimes healing, salvation, doesn't come because of the person necessarily. 
sometimes it becomes, comes because of the intercessors. Those are willing to intercede and stand in the gap. Those are willing to press through for people who can't press through on their own. And, you know, your faith in the Lord can cover your faith, your love, can cover a multitude of sins. You can make a difference in someone's life by your willingness to press in to the Holy of Holies, to go and stand like Abraham before the Father and intercede on behalf of a person, on behalf of a family, on behalf of a nation. Which is what happened. And Jesus said, your son, son your sins are forgiven you. And then some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, saying, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? You know, Jesus had already addressed this multiple times, where he said, um, they would say, show us the Father, and it's sufficient. And Jesus would say, have I been with you so long? And you asked to show me the Father. He has seen me, has seen the Father. He said, no one has seen the Father at any time except for the Son who came from the Father. That means not Moses, not Abraham. Every instance, I, I believe, and this is my opinion, every instance in the Bible on the mount, on the mountain where Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments, everywhere it was Jesus, the express image of the glory of God, who was interacting with men from the beginning. And they said, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins with God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed, and walk? You know, um, back then, um, a lot of people believed if you were sick, it's because you were a sinner. If you were afflicted with anything, it was your own fault. Well, Jesus is saying, I don't really care. It doesn't matter what the people think. Because he was granted the authority and the power. And he was appointed to be judge of the living and the dead. And it was through his blood alone that sins could be forgiven. You know, there wasn't a priest right then to go and sacrifice a lamb on behalf of this man. It probably wasn't even the right time of the year. But Jesus, foreshadowing sacrifice he would make in his own flesh said your sins are forgiven you declaring himself to be God declaring that he had all the authority in heaven and earth he said later on all things that the father has are mine and he has made him to be head over all things to the church and put, placed all things under his feet gave him the name that's been exalted above every name and he said, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. You know, Jesus made an effort um, That 
the preaching of the gospel always should play the utmost importance. It should be the first thing above everything is the preaching of the word of God. Because without salvation, the healings don't mean anything. Um, and yes, some people do get saved through being healed, through miracles. But it's just the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And our aim and our focus and our goal in life and in ministry and in our walks with the Father shouldn't be for the miraculous. It should be for the intimacy. It should be seeking after him, seeking his face and not his hand. You know, I think as we mentioned this once before, you know, Solomon was having a dream and the Lord said, what do you want? And I'll give it to you. And he said, wisdom, give me wisdom. And God made him the wisest man that ever lived. Moses is on the mountain, has the same opportunity, and he says, God, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. It was after that when he went down from the mountain and his face shone with the glory of the Father because he had been in the presence of the King. You know, Jesus said, Whatever things you ask in my name, I will do it. And we spend a great amount of time, though rightly needed, praying for miracles, praying for signs and wonders, praying for a move of the Father. Well, the move of the Father that we really need isn't something that's physical necessarily, but it's something that's spiritual. It is a transformation and a healing that happens not necessarily on the outside, but that happens on the inside. Because it's the hearts and the souls of the men and women of this earth that he's looking for. You know, healings and all that stuff will come through your faith, through the word of God that says, by his stripes we are healed. But more importantly than that Is to know who it is who heals To know who it is who delivers To know who it is who saved To know who it is who has conquered Death, hell, and the grave You know, there was an episode where um, Some men were wanting to be like the disciples And serve the Lord And they went up to some demons And they're like, come out in the name of this Jesus that Peter and the disciples talk about. And demons looked at them and said, you know, Peter and Paul we know, but or Peter and John we know, but who are you? Because even the demons knew the difference between someone who is serving the Father or wanting to serve the Father because they want to see things and those who had actually been in the presence of the Father Those who have the experience Of the presence of the Father Because it creates a visible seal You carry about In your body A fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ Into this earth Becoming ministers of reconciliation Reconciling the world into the Father 
which is our first priority at all times, that he may be glorified. And then after you preach the gospel of the Lord, and the word's gone forth, then the healing becomes easy. Because it's not about us anyway, it's about him. It's so that he gets glorified. So that he gets magnified. You know, far too often we, as a people, um, do things and partly so we'll be glorified. But in result, in actuality, all the glory belongs to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every bit of it, every crown belongs to him. Every reward, every praise, all the glory, all the honor belongs to the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world because of who he is, because of what he's done, because of what he will do. He who was and is and is to come, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, the king of kings and the lord of lords, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and that's the Jesus we worship. That's the Jesus we serve. That's the Jesus we seek after. That's the Jesus that everything exists because of. Everything consists because of him. Everything has its meaning because of him. Without him, there's none. So before we go looking for the signs, we need to look for him. Because it's through him, because of him. And most of all for him that all the signs and the wonders happen you know I've had the amazing 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 blessed opportunity to pray for people and seeing them get healed I've had the amazing opportunity to cast out demons but it's nothing compared to the excellence of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Paul said, all things I have counted loss for the excellence of the knowledge of him, that I may be found in him, that I may know him. When you seek him, when you search for him, when you know him, Everything about you emanates his presence. Everything about you emanates that you serve him. The authority, the knowledge, the everything just becomes the fruit of your relationship with him. You know, we, and then, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Once you know him, then you know what he does. You know what he can do. You know what he said. You know to trust him. You know to believe him. So then when you go and you need, you're in the situation where you need to pray for someone or someone needs a miracle, and they don't need it tomorrow. They don't need it in a week. They need it right now. It's not a matter of having to go search the scripture trying to figure out which verses will line up with that moment of time. It's you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith, and in his name you command whatever to happen that needs to happen at that moment 
because you've already been prepared because you've already found yourself seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You've already found yourself as more than a conqueror through him that loves us. You've already found yourself as an ambassador to the Lord Jesus Christ, proclaiming the word of God, which is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's not something that has to be built up and something that has to be paraded and something that has to be worked on outside of that time that you spend first thing or last thing or all throughout the day in the presence of the Father so that at the end of the day you can say, Overall, no matter what, today I have known him. Today I have come to seek his face. Today I am worshiping him. Today I am glorifying him. Today I'm he is my all in all. Everything. Because you know the days are coming where many false prophets will rise up. Many people will say one thing or another. There will be fake signs and fake wonders. And people are easily persuaded and deceived by signs and wonders. It's sad but true. But it's the knowledge of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus by which men must be saved. And when those days come, which are fast approaching, it won't matter if you know how to pray for someone or if you're comfortable doing whatever. What's going to matter is you know that you're seated with him, that you're rooted and grounded in truth, and that he is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I remember um, talking to Anthony, who did one of our shows once, and um, I was telling him the story about how um, a long time ago um, I had a chance to go to a prophetic meeting, and um, I was still sort of a young Christian, and I was really going through this time trying to figure out, God, what do you want me to do? I mean, I know your word says that we can do this, and 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 we should be out conquering the world for you, blah, blah, blah. And I was really wanting just to know what it was that the Father's will was for my life. And so all these men and women of God who had had relationships with the Lord far longer than I had even been alive, and this prophetic lady walks up to me. And I'm going to break off here because um, and I'm going to say something that's probably going to offend a lot of people, but it's theoretically still my show. I mean, it's God's show, but it's, I'm the one doing it. So um, if I offend someone, I'm sorry. But, you know, a lot of people walk around claiming that they're this and this, that they're, they're they, and it's, they like the titles. Um Minister this and um, pro- pro- prophetic this, and because they're trying to promote themselves and who they are, and using terms to establish their identity, when our own only identity be, should be to be hidden in Him. Um, that being said, um, if I offend someone by that, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean to. Um, but this lady, and she's prophetic. Um, never claimed she was prophetic, but she was. Never had a title. 
except for some lady who loved the Lord and could hear his voice. Um, but I asked her, she's like, what do you want or what do you need? And I was like, I just need to know the Lord's will. And she looked at me and she said to me, um, she said, I've come to you and may have life and have it more abundantly. So where did Jesus say when he said, I'm the good shepherd? And then she turned around and walked off. And I got really pissed off. So I was like, that's all I get? Woman who can hear the voice of God, who has been giving all these people amazing prophecies about their future. And all she's going to say to me is, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And it took a while to realize that that was probably the most amazing prophetic word I've ever gotten in my life. Because it's not always about what you can do. It's about where you can go. And there's no place better than behind the veil into his presence that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And he is the very source of life. The breath of life that comes from him The most, the only thing that he has become, David said, he has become my exceeding great reward. That every minute is done because you want to know him, because you want to see him, because you want to be with him. And the presence, and the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. The height of your joy, the highest measure of gratification in this world comes through knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the ultimate purpose, it's the ultimate plan that the Father had in our lives is for a relationship with Him, is for the communion with Him. He said that I will be their God and they will be my people that I will be their father and they will be my children. It says in 1 John, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619 638-8458 If you need prayer for something Give us a call We're going to take a quick break And we'll be right back And all who thirsty And all who are Come to the fountain And if you are Away in the waves of his mercy, mercy. 
throne is encircled with flaming fire. The furnace of love, beauty, raging fire. our inheritance. Oh God, to stand before the great white throne, to be lost in the river of holy fire, holy romance. around your throne, O oh God. The place of an abandoned life, standing before the throne forever and ever.
Alright, well praise God. We're back and this is Prayer International Radio, just uh picking up the second part of the broadcast tonight. And once again we're just thankful to have Sean Holmberg in the studio. And tonight we are celebrating our freedom. It is fourth of July. And here in the North American continent of the United States, we are celebrating our independence and our freedom here in our country. But if you're a believer, it really doesn't matter what country you're in. It doesn't matter what city you're in, what state you're in, what nation you're in. If you're in Christ Jesus, today is a day that you can celebrate. Not just today only, but every day that you're in Christ is a day you can celebrate freedom. You know, the Bible says that who the Son sets free is free indeed. And they will know the truth, and the truth will make us free. And truth is not just a set of uh, beliefs or a statement that can be, uh, what's the word, tried and proven. But truth is actually a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that the Lord is a spirit. In the book of Corinthians, it says, The Lord is the Spirit. He is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty. And that we're not to use our liberties for evil, but we're to use our liberties for good. We're to use our freedom that's in Christ for good. And so tonight, I really just want to say thank you, Jesus, for giving us the blood giving us his word, giving us the ability to experience the life of God, to experience the freedom that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And you know, it doesn't matter if you're in jail or if you're somewhere uh, detained or contained or stuck somewhere in a geographical location because with Christ, you can actually be free on the inside. And once you're free on the inside, you're free. It's not circumstantial. Your your freedom isn't based on what, what's going on around you. Your your joy isn't based on what's happening in your everyday situation. Your peace isn't based on whether or not everything's right or not. But it's an internal peace, it's an internal joy, it's an internal freedom. All right, praise God. Listen, we're going to take a praise break for a minute, and I think we're going to focus on some praise tonight, and then we'll get back into the show here briefly. But uh, praise God. God is good. He's a good God. 
Tell him how good he is where you're at. Just lift it up. Thank you, God. We celebrate you tonight. Praise God, we're back. This is Prayer International Radio. We are just spending some time worshiping God tonight. You know, we're going to celebrate and experience the freedom that's in Christ. You know, the Bible says that the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And it's one thing to teach the Word, it's another thing to experience the Spirit. It's another thing to declare the, the promises of God, but it's another thing to encounter the presence of God. And what we want to do tonight is just encounter his presence. And so if you're with us tonight, we are just going to have a worship night. You know, it's not very often that we do this. But every now and then we just focus on worship, focus on praise. And so tonight, you know, we just want to give the Holy Spirit time to move. So if you're with us tonight, just allow the presence of the Lord to wash over you. Allow his, his glory to come touch your life. And just make room in your heart for the Lord. You know, worship corrects your focus. And we're all about focus. You know, if the Lord takes away your focus, that's, I really believe that's why most people fail. They get distracted. They get detoured. They get other things in their minds. They get other things on their brains. They get other things at the forefront of their lives that they put before God. Instead of putting their priorities in Christ ahead. They put all these other things. And it's so easy for the enemy to come in and detour and detract and derail us. Even just through the natural things. The Bible says it's the cares of the world that choke out the word within us. It's the cares that we make, that we magnify bigger than our God, that choke out his word within us. And just like in the natural, when someone's choking, and they're suffocating, their air supply, their life supply gets cut off. And in some cases, when people suffocate, it even causes brain damage. And in the same way, when you're, the spiritual life and that spiritual breath of God, when the spiritual air, the spiritual presence, the spiritual atmosphere of God is choked out of your life, and that nourishing word is choked out of your life, it begins to affect the mind. Just like when your air supply is cut off, it begins to affect the mind. And so it's really important that you stay focused on the things of God. Stay focused in his presence. Stay focused on his person. And how do we do that? Well, we worship God. We worship God. What that does is it pulls us from the natural realm into the spiritual realm. It begins to align our hearts and align our minds and align our priorities with him. And so as we play the music, don't just sing songs for the sake of singing songs, but allow the worship to really correct your focus. You know, let me let me just say this. 
and you can you can take it how you want. Let's talk about focus for a minute. Praise the Lord. And by the way, this is Prayer International Radio. If you're just tuning in, uh, you can check out our website, www.prayerinternational.org. Well, you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And you can call in 619-638-8458. Always check out the chat room if you're you're in the blog talk radio page uh, check out the chat room we get a handful of people in there from time to time I think last night we had about 20 or 30 people in there even at one time uh, it kind of alternates and it's, you know it's kind of a revolving door in there but you know one of the reasons people fail is because of broken focus and so think about that see if Satan can blur your focus of your assignment he can master you and if he can master you, he can bring pain in your heart. Okay? If Satan can master you, if Satan can break your focus, he can get pain in your heart. He can actually cause God's heart to break. Do you know how? Because it hurts God when we get sidetracked. It hurts God when our focus is broken. So you need to think about who your true enemy is. It's, it's the devil. And the Bible says don't be ignorant of his devices. Don't be ignorant of his schemes. Don't don't be swayed by his tactics. To see the, the enemy is like a roaring lion. Not he isn't a roaring lion. See there's one lion and his name is Jesus. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. But see the enemy is a counterfeit. He's a pretender and he acts as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So you need to think about how important it is to stay focused. Okay, listen to the words of God, okay, concerning those that would tempt his people to go to another God. Listen to this. This is Deuteronomy 13, verse 6 through 10. It says, if your brother, the son of your mother, or the son or your daughter, or your wife of your bosom, or your friend, which is your own soul, entice you secretly, saying, let us go and serve other gods, which thou hast not known, or your fathers, namely of the gods of the people which are round about you, those that are near to you and those that are far from you, from one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth, thou shalt not consent to go with them, nor listen or hearken to them. Neither shall your eye even pity those, neither shall you spare or conceal them, but you shall surely kill them. Thy hand shall be first put upon him, and he shall be put to death, and afterwards the hand of all the people. And thou shalt stone him with stones, that he should die, because he has sought to thrust you away from the Lord your God, which has brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Now listen to that. Some people say that's pretty harsh. But these are the words of God. This is what God commanded the Jews, commanded his people to do, to anyone that tried to get them to serve another God. He said, I don't care if it's your wife. I don't care if it's your husband. I don't care if it's your mother or father. If it's anybody trying to pull you away from the one true God, get them out of your life, even to the point of death, if it comes down to it. Something to think about. That's Deuteronomy 13, verse 6 through 10. Now listen to the words of Jesus. He addressed broken focus in the New Testament. He addressed those that would pull his people away. And this is the New Testament version of what I just read. 
If your right eye offends you, pluck it out and cast it from you, because it's not profitable for you. It's profitable that one of your members should perish and not your whole body should be cast into hell. And if your right hand offends you, cut it off and cast it far from you, for it's profitable for you that one of your members should perish and not your whole body. In other words, you're saying whatever causes you to stumble, cut it out of your life. Whoever causes you to stumble, cut them out of your life. Jesus encouraged his disciples, and by the way, that was Matthew 5, 29 through 30. Jesus encouraged his disciples to keep their focus. Okay, keep the focus on the kingdom of God. He told them, hey, financial provision and everything you need would be produced through total focus on him. Listen to this, Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So how do you destroy someone's goals? How do you mess up someone's plans? How do you pull somebody away from the assignment of God? Give him another goal. Give him something else to focus on. Give him another God. Give him another idol, another thing to worship. And it will pull that person away from God. How do you destroy someone else's dreams? Give that person another dream. See, the enemy is always trying to give us a counterfeit to pull us away from the, the genuine. And we need to realize anything that pulls you away from your original assignment that God's intended for you is not the plan of God. Anything that dilutes your enemy, anything that, or your energy, I'm sorry, anything that fragments your focus, avoid it. Avoid it. Anything that's a distraction, avoid it. Recognize this. Anytime you have broken focus, it's going to destroy your dreams. It's one thing that will help you, one key that will help you protect your focus. Recognize that broken focus will destroy your dreams. Distractions from your assignment? Listen, if you want an unending uh, bowl full of tragedies and disasters in your life, then get away from the plan of God. So recognize what causes your focus to break. Number two, take responsibility. Take your own responsibility. Take personal responsibility. If you've slipped in the past, don't keep doing it. Be the gatekeeper of your eyes and your ears and your heart. Recognize what comes in and out of your household and in and out of your life and in and out of your mind. But nobody else is going to protect you. You'll be protected by God, but only if you yield yourself to him. If you're constantly doing things outside of his perfect will for you, it puts you on the enemy's territory, and it gives him the opportunity to come eat your lunch, so to speak. Listen, be careful about the type of music and the teaching and the different things that come into your ears. Now, I'm not saying all non-Christian music is bad, but you need to be careful what you bring inside of yourself. I'm not saying that everything you listen to out there that's not a sermon or not from the church is bad. I'm not saying that at all, but you need to be careful what you take into your ears. So, you know, whatever you hear is going to determine how you feel about things. 
And what you hear is going to determine your faith level or your fear level. See, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, but fear comes by hearing the things that are not God's words. Just, just doubt and unbelief come by hearing things that are not from the heart of God. And so it's very important that we have a, a, a balance, but it's important that we don't let those negative things come inside of ourselves because what they do, they, be, they come in as a little seed, just a little seed, and then they fester and they grow and they produce a harvest later. I know. I've made many mistakes in my life. I've, I've let the enemy come in and pull my focus to the left and to the right many, 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 many times. And unfortunately, sometimes we learn things the hard way. And our sin brings forth death. Our sin brings forth circumstances and trials in our lives. But sometimes we don't want to eat that fruit. But the bottom line is we reap what we sow. If we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption. But if we sow to the spirit, we're going to reap eternal life. Now, I had no idea I was going here. Didn't even know I was going here tonight. I was praying to God for a freedom message. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. I was praying to God for a freedom message tonight because it's Freedom Day. It's Independence Day. But I felt like the Lord just kind of put me in this stay focused thought. So I'm going with it. And maybe in your life you need to stay focused and stay on track and not let the distractions come in and derail and detour your life. Keep continuous praise on your lips. Continually praise the Lord. It will correct your focus. Keep worship music in your house so that the peace of God rules, rules your, your house and you don't have the anxieties well up. You don't have the intensities well up on the inside because you've got a constant worship going on. Okay? Another thing you can do is cut the wrong friendships out of your life. Cut the wrong relationships out of your life. Cut off the people that are pulling you away from God's perfect plan for your life. I've had to do this in my own life many times, many times. Be careful. See, the Bible says bad bad company, sorry, it corrupts good morals. And we need to be careful who we let into our lives. And the other thing you can do is just only allow those relationships in your life that help you stay focused on your assignment. Only allow those relationships in your life that help you stay focused on the things of God. So praise God. So if you want to have a successful life, you've got to stay focused. And if you want to stay focused, Stay in the mind and the heart and, and in the place of God. And, and how you do that is worship the Lord and get his thoughts, get his heart towards things. Worship the Lord and let him give you a supernatural mindset instead of a natural mindset. And it's easier said than done. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. It takes, you know, sometimes pressing through even when you don't want to. Because believe me, there's many times when I don't want to. There's times when I'm robbed of motivation. There's times when I have discouragement. There's times when I, you know, deal with heaviness and distractions and things in my own life 
that I've got to continually ward off. I've got to continually guard my heart. The Bible says guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. And so tonight I just want to encourage you I just want to encourage you to stay focused on the Lord. Stay focused in that place of worship. Stay focused in the area of relationships. Stay focused in the area of what what is, be the gatekeeper of your home. You know, my wife and I had a conversation with her sister today about being the gatekeeper of her home. You know, we've got to be careful what comes in and out of our house. We've got to be careful what actions and what things take place inside of our homes and inside of our businesses and inside of our children's lives and our family's lives, our spouse's lives, because it can affect. It definitely can have an effect on whether we fulfill the plan of God or not or whether we get derailed and detoured or distracted. So one of the main things you can do if you want to be successful in your life to stay focused and stay true to the assignment and the plan of God that he's put in your heart and find out, learn to be uh, keen and discerning towards the things that are pulling you away. Praise God. So this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. And we've got about, oh, ten more minutes or so on the show. We're going to break for some praise. And then we're going to go ahead and get into uh, just kind of get into some things here for a minute and pray. But, you know, we're celebrating our freedoms in Christ. We're celebrating our liberty in the spirit of God tonight because it is Fourth of July here in North America. We're celebrating our independence. But I believe our independence is not based on what country we live in or what city we live in or what nation we live in necessarily, although some are freer than others. But the bottom line is, unless you're free on the inside and you're free in Christ, you're not free at all. But if you know the truth, and the truth is Jesus Christ, then the truth will set you free, and you'll be free indeed. Praise God. Praise God. Well, glory to you, God. Got a few people in the chat room tonight. Just want to say God bless you and happy Fourth of July to those of you in the chat room. We're praying for you, praying for your families and your ministries. It looks like we've got Sirius and a couple guests or a guest at this moment. Had Linda and Cheryl in there, Sean in there, a few other people. We got uh, three or four people on the chat line tonight. Um, we know Anthony's in there. We got a few others. We're not sure who they are, but just God bless you. God bless you tonight. We pray that you be free in Christ. So with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and break for a song, and then we will be back. Days will come when you don't have the strength 
When all you hear is you're not worth anything Wondering if you ever could be loved And if they truly saw your heart They'd see too much You're beautiful You're beautiful
Alright, praise God. Hey, uh can I always say that 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 last worship track was kinda of up loud and crackling and making all kinds of noise, we apologize. Uh sometimes our songs are so well higher than others and I'm not sure how everybody's technology or their phones or their speakers or whatever's going on is, so we do apologize if uh that came across a little too loud. Sorry about that. Um but, anyways, if you're with us tonight, uh, I want to encourage you to kind of check out the, uh, you know, the teaching about the last 30 minutes of the show. I, I shared about focus. If you came in late or came in through part of it, you may check it out and just see what you think. Uh, last night we shared about turning your mistakes into miracles. And uh, the night before that, uh, actually, I don't even know, but we've gotten to some pretty exhaustive uh, teachings lately. And... Uh, you know, if you want to check them out, the last few nights of the show, Sean and I have been just teaching and sharing our hearts. But uh, it looks like we've got about five minutes left of the show, so I want to wrap up in prayer tonight and just say thank you on 4th of July just for being with us on this holiday night. Thank you for taking your freedoms and your liberties and actually spending your time to key into the show. Pray for us and our families. Pray for Sean and I and our wives and our uh, you know, the different needs that we've had for our, you know, immediate families. Um, out of that, I do want to ask the prayer request, the personal prayer request from my wife and I. Uh, we've got an aunt. Uh, her name is Judy. She's in the hospital right now, and God is at work. Uh, we're believing she's been uh, wrestling with stage 4 cancer. The enemy has been uh, attacking her. She's been battling we just want to ask for the saints and the intercessors of God to just stand in the gap for Judy. Her name is Judy Campbell. And she needs a miracle. She needs to get free from cancer. She needs to get uh, circulation flowing in her leg. She needs to get hope uh, and peace in her mind. And we're just really believing that the Lord is going to turn this around for her. We spent some time with her tonight and just shared our hearts and shared what we believe my wife actually shared from the Lord with her. And we saw some, some breakthrough uh, in her heart, you know, that hope that just filled her heart. And the doctors are giving us uh, negative reports about hospice and this and that, but we're not going to accept. We're not going to lay down. We're not going to accept defeat because we know that there's victory in the Lord. So we just ask for you to be praying for Judy Campbell. Uh, it's our aunt, my wife's aunt, my aunt, and, you know, we just, we love her, and we want to see the will of God in our lives, so please pray. So I'm going to a prayer for her, if you guys would agree with me, and uh, then if you have any prayer requests, feel free to chat them in, call them in, email them in, and we'll continue to pray for you as well. So, Father, right now, we just lift Judy up in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you that you're healing Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are the Lord and Savior of her life. You're revealing yourself to her in a real and mighty way. Father, we thank you that her life will be that her life will be surrendered to you and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord God, that, that your healing power is at work in her body even right now as we speak, as we declare that by your stripes she is healed. Father, we thank you that your wisdom is with the doctors, Lord God. Your wisdom is with those that are around her. Father, we thank you that you're bringing peace, you're bringing joy, you're bringing freedom into her life. 
Father, we just lift up Judy Campbell to you right now. Lord, we stand in agreement with the intercessors and the saints of God, those in the chat room, those that are listening. And, Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you're going to finish the work that you started in her. We thank you, Lord God, that she's going to finish strong. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to turn things around and strengthen her by the power of the Holy Spirit. And right now we stand in the gap, and we stand in agreement with those that are believing for their families, those that are believing for their households, those that are believing for their friends and circles of influence for salvation and healing. And, Father, right now we just declare, Father, for everybody represented in the chat room, everybody represented in our listening audience tonight, that we pray, Father God, and and I just encourage you, whoever that person is, you're believing God for, just call their names out. Call their names out. Stand in prophecy and believe God for them, just like we are for Judy tonight. And, Father, we just pray for every man and woman, every teenager that's standing in the gap for somebody right now. And, Father, we pray, Lord, that you bring salvation to the four corners of the earth. You bring salvation to their households. You bring salvation to their businesses. You bring salvation to their circles of influence and their churches. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you don't just stop with salvation, but you're a healing God, you're a healing Jesus, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're pouring out, moving to and fro throughout the earth, and that, Lord, you are healing every sickness and disease among the people. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that no weapon formed or fashioned against the people of God will prosper. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we are more than conquerors. Lord, we thank you that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to to break the yoke. The anointing is there to break the yoke and the burden and the heaviness and the oppression and the depression and every attack of the enemy be broken in the name of Jesus. Father, we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. We just ask that you would be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, look, we just want to thank you for joining in tonight on Play to July. Thank you for praying and listening. We just pray also for Christian, and we just uh, pray that he would make the right choices. And we just pray, Father God, your will be done in Jesus' name. We just pray for Vincent. We just pray for those in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. We just give you all the glory, all the honor. Well, we just thank you tonight. It's about 12 o'clock, so I guess we're still live or we're not. I don't know. Man, it's already cut off. But, hey, thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow night. We'll be praying for Christian. We'll be praying for Vincent. We'll be praying for those, for your families and those that you leave uh, in the chat room for prayer. We'll continue to pray. Thank you so much. This is Prayer International Radio. You have a good night and be blessed. Amen.